Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan. I'm with Trace Armstrong. Rob McIntyre is not with us. He may pop in at some point. We'll see what happens. A, We're here to talk a 5G about protest. For the record, uh, I mean, it should come to is no surprise to anyone that it has to do with uh, a piece of technology that belongs to him. Actually, I, I don't even know how we didn't laugh at that immediately. The reason he isn't with us is because he has to go get another computer because his work computer broke down. Yeah. So, and I'm sure he had to use an Atlas to get to where he was going. We love you, Rob. Just kidding. But it's kind of true. It's, <laughs> it's the, probably the least th- shocking thing that I heard today. Um, or least surprising thing that I heard, I've heard today so far. Yep. Episode five, the challenge USA trace. You thought this episode was amazing. Let's hear why. I mean, honestly, I got done watching that episode and I just kind of had to dance around the room like Polly and do a little shimmy, you know, just really freaked my wife out for a minute there. I went and did a shot of fireball. Like it was like (laughs) fucking game on. So the reason why, and this is going to come to no shock to anyone who has ever listened to our pod. When you have a great cast, it can overcome any format issues you have. The cast that they have for Challenge USA is light years beyond anything we saw from Double Agents and Spies, Lies, and Allies. And even to a point now, Total Madness. Like, I'm beginning to think that Challenge USA is better than Total Madness. It will always hold a soft spot for me. Oh, dude, not even... Because it's the Johnny Bananas comeback win. And we got a Wes versus Johnny face-off that paid off over a decade's worth of storylines. But when you look at the overall cast and what we're seeing, this is phenomenal. Like this is a, this feels like a return to the challenge that I know and love in this episode. You had a blind side, you had political maneuvering, you had a great daily that tested people from multiple aspects, mental, physical endurance, you name it, it tested you. And then at the end, we got a psycho elimination win celebration. Welcome to the fucking challenge. We missed you. We really, when was that? I feel like we used to get that way more often where we got people that did wild elimination victory reactions, right? I, I don't think we've gotten that as much. That was one of the more wild ones that we've seen in recent memory. And I feel like Sarah, for me personally, came off much more unlikable after that than she had prior. And I don't know if Leo, for me, was ever a likable character, but I think he just became even more grating of a personality than he was before episode five. He had the comment about how Tyson, I called you my old, or I thought of you as my older brother, right? He had that. He had all the comments, the cat more stuff. comments about cats. Good God, shoot me. He did have one comment about the cat that I did think was funny. He said, where he says in the elimination, quote, I'm kidding. I'm not a cat. Or am I? <laughs> I did think that was kind of funny. He's the like way a that cat he could see in the dark. Like they, so let's, we got a lot to cover. Let's here. just get, <laughs> let's just, let's just get to, let's just get to the meat and potatoes of it. We're going to talk about the most important Part of this episode right now. Did Tyson and Cache make the correct decision by putting in Sarah and Leo 
to elimination. It was too early. Tyson did what Tyson has done in Survivor in the past. He had the correct move. Okay? Taking a shot at Sarah and Ben is the correct move because they are giving us all the breadcrumbs. Sarah and Ben are closer than Tyson is to either of them. And at any instance where they have the opportunity to screw him, they will. The problem is Tyson did this one to two weeks too early for a multitude of reasons. Number one, who was voted into elimination? Someone who on the female side was arguably the weakest female still there. And you're putting in one of the stronger females in like this isn't going to bode well. Now, granted, it might have made sense because Leo was attached to Sarah because I think he's probably arguably the, the, the weakest male still left. So it was worth a shot. But this is the type of move that is going to have repercussions because now I think to this point in the game, Ben and Sarah have been content to let Tyson win because, and not that they're not trying to win, but they're not, cut up know, about, not that they're cut up about it because Tyson is very much the visible shield for them where they can kind of do what they're doing and Tyson can take the brunt of it. But now they're in a position where they might try harder to get power to fuck with Tyson. And now it's outright in the open. I don't know. As far as them letting Tyson win or being okay with Tyson win, I don't know about that. Because all we've heard from Sarah is about how she really wanted to compete. We saw her this episode about how she went... This was pretty much the way that it was edited. That the reason why they went into elimination was because Sarah went around the house, continued to tell everyone how bad of a partner Leo was, and they spliced together Cachet overhearing these conversations that she was having and then give that logic at elimination that that's why she wanted to put in Leo and Sarah because she never wanted to be partners with Leo. Mm-hmm. That was a perspective from Cash's perspective. Mm-hmm. The perspective from Tyson was that he wanted to put in Ben. Mm-hmm. He was threatened by Ben because Kayla told him that Ben wanted to put him into elimination and not necessarily put him into elimination, but wasn't happy with Tyson winning all the time. Mm-hmm. And Cash was not okay with that. Because Ben was partners with Justine. Mm -hmm. And this was the next best thing for Tyson. Was taking a shot at Sarah, who was Ben's partner. Or Ben's closest ally. And so, if I'm thinking about this from Tyson's perspective, I get what he's trying to do here. Mm -hmm. You said that this is one to two weeks early. And it does seem early. But at the same time, one to two weeks from now... That's just when Sarah and Ben are going to try and take a shot at him, you know? Mm. And so I think from Tyson's perspective, he's just trying to do this before they get a chance to try and shoot a bullet in his direction. Mm -hmm. My issue with, I think my only issue with what they did was, and I think this is, this may be expecting too much from them being, all of them being first time players. I think it would have been okay for them to want to do this, put Sarah and Leo versus Cinco and Aza in elimination mm-hmm. until 
they get to elimination and they see what the elimination is. Mm -hmm. Once it seems like it's going to be something where it's potentially some type of puzzle, some type of memory game, and you have Cinco and Aza out there, that's when you hit the abort button, mm -hmm. right? That That's when you don't move forward with this. That's when you have to come up with, go with not even plan B, right? I guess we don't even know who plan B was. You just don't make that move at that point in time because it seems so unlikely. You throw in Enzo at that, that point. Just get that out of the way. Just throw Enzo in there. It makes zero waves to do that. Who was Enzo partners with this episode? I don't even it remember. It was Kira. So they wouldn't have been able to do that because Cash wouldn't have been okay with throwing Kira in. Let, let, let's go through this real quick. I, th I think this would be good. Okay. So they threw in Leo and Sarah. Ben and Justine, they couldn't Not throw happening. in. Cinco and Aza were already in elimination. Dom and Desi. Dom, we... So I, I messaged you about this last night. I think... So Dom thought he was going to go in this episode. And we kind of got a little peek into the inner workings of the thought process of what some people are thinking this episode as far as the format goes. Mm -hmm. Kayla said that he didn't think Tyson was going to do that because he hasn't been partnered with Desi yet. Mm -hmm. And he wouldn't want to throw in a strong woman that he hasn't been partnered with because that's going to hurt him down Smart the road. Smart thought so I thought, process. Yeah. So people are definitely thinking about this, or at least some of the players are right. Um, Kyland and Shannon, I think, I think Tyson probably has a relationship with Kylan, Kylan and Angela, and maybe a, a lot of other people that we aren't necessarily necessarily seeing. Because mm -hmm. something that I had I thought about was, I don't think Tyson makes this move unless he feels like he is insulated in the house and has pretty good relationships with other people. And I you know? think he does. I, don't think... I, I think that's why this move, I mean, if we fast forward to the end of this, I don't think this move really hurts Tyson at all. Like, I really don't. Like, does it piss yeah. off Sarah and Ben? Sure. But they were getting ready to backstab him anyway, so they don't. he doesn't lose anything here, but he took a shot at it. And I think that's noteworthy. And at the end of this, Tyson's probably tighter with Angela than he is Sarah. So you've got the other strong woman, and then Angela is kind of loosely with Alyssa and a couple other people in Big Brother, so like... Taking this shot, I don't think hurt Tyson at all. He's still in the exact same position he was prior to taking the shot. I, I honestly think that's a really good point, to be honest. Because what, what does this really change for him? Nothing. Because if he's of the belief that Ben and Sarah will come after him at some point anyway, why not just do it now? Why not speed it up a little, a little bit earlier? What you said about his relationship with Angela versus his relationship with Sarah, I think is very true. Angela is very well connected, and I think you would probably be able to successfully argue that she's a better competitive player in this game. For all of the talk that we've heard about Sarah's ability, I honestly don't know if there's been... I'd, I'd have to go back and look. Has there been one mission where we've been really impressed with what she's done? And you could definitely look at the partners that she's had through, throughout these missions and factor that in, but I can't think of one time where... I thought, wow, like she's she's definitely achieving beyond what I at or beyond what I thought she would. Mm -hmm. No, that's fair. I don't. All I right, think you can. Let, let's finish going through these. Kira and Enzo. We already talked about how that wouldn't be able to happen. Tyson and Cache, they can't vote in themselves, or at least that we know of. That would be stupid. Uh, 
Yeah, it wouldn't be a good move. David and Alyssa. So, does this signal that Tyson has some type of relationship with them? I think it signals that Tyson has a relationship with Angela, and by proxy, Alyssa's part of that package deal. Okay, I I think that could potentially make sense, right? Because last week we saw that when Alyssa and Kylan wanted to put in Xavier, those two went to Angela to essentially ask for permission Mm -hmm. and make sure that she was going to be okay with this. So I think that's a very good uh, observation. Derek and Kayla, it seems like Tyson has some type of relationship with Kayla or that conversation that Kayla had with Tyson built some type of trust. And then Danny and Angela, who he's not... He's not throwing He's not in going Angela. To That's not happening. She's the so, strongest female besides Sarah still there. So really, there were only a small number of options, it seemed like, for Tyson, right? He could have thrown in Derek and Kayla. He could have thrown in David and Alyssa. He could have thrown in Kylan and Shannon. And I guess Dom and Desi, but that's about it. Yeah, Dom and Desi. Those were the only Desi other, pe- being those were the only other people. Female. I think Tyson wants her around. I mean... Maybe throwing in Sarah and Leo was the correct move in this situation. Because if he doesn't lose anything by taking the shot, you you probably expect Sarah to come back anyway. But at least all the cards are on the table at that point. There's less ambiguity of where the alliances lie moving forward. Instead of him waiting for them to take a shot at him, it's like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and pull this trigger now. And let's just get this over with so that we don't have... If anything, it might. Now that I'm thinking about this, Tyson might have made the absolute smartest decision he could have, and people are interpreting it wrong, because if he already knows that Ben and Sarah are going to backstab him the first chance he gets, why would he want to? Let's say he wants to. Let's say he ideally didn't want to do this for two more weeks. Let's just suppose that for next week, if he wins again, and he's consulting with them or whatever or let's say ben wins next week then he's on the chopping block at that point and he knows it so rather than them pretending to have conversations about what should we do blah 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 blah, just go ahead and rip the band-aid off and get this over with so that way everybody can stop pretending that they're tight i don't know i don't i don't know if there's necessarily a disadvantage to people pretending that they're close i think Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, I'll Um, tag up on that then. So I think this is also maybe Tyson is figuring out the challenge more than he is for Survivor. Because for Survivor, you almost expect your alliance to backstab you, I feel like, at this point. You know, like when you watch Survivor, the way that they blindside people, it's just a vote. You don't get a chance to fight your way out of it. If the numbers go the wrong way, you're just done. It's over. Kaput. Goodbye. Whereas here, okay, he can take this shot, and it's not like anyone. Ha- it's not a popularity contest. It's a competition-based reality show. So I remember what I was about to say. Rob has brought this up before, so this is to credit for Rob. <clears throat> Let's think about the amount of times where someone votes someone else into elimination that they were in an alliance with. That person wins elimination comes back, and then at some point is in a position of power to throw that person into elimination who put them there to begin with. Like, we could probably count on one or two hands the amount of times that that's happened in the entire history of the show. Mm -hmm. And 
you kind of have a survivorship bias with that, right? Because it requires people to turn on someone in their alliance that they're super close with for this to happen to begin with. Mm -hmm. And the amount of times that that happens in a season aren't very significant. But one, so one, I I think that should definitely factor into this. Two, we've seen, we've seen this, we saw this be brought up this episode and they've, from an editing perspective, done a good job about this prior to this move being made, show that Sarah voted Tyson out twice in the season that they played with each other. Then Ben voted for Tyson once in the season that they played for. Mm -hmm. How can he, he, he can't really, he can, he can try and trust him, but he at least at the end of the day knows that they are capable of turning on him. Yes. Whereas for some of these other people, that isn't necessarily there. And we, this first season of Challenge USA has been based on past relationships. We've mm-hmm. seen that the last two episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Kylan and Ex- Kylan and Alyssa decide to vote in Xavier when really last week we didn't think it was in their best interest at all to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like what was the point of doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, because it didn't seem like Xavier had anything out for Alyssa or Kylan. This episode we see Tyson vote in Sarah to be able to take a shot at Ben because he didn't trust them. Mm-hmm. And... I think the difference is last week, and I don't know, let's think about this, because really I I think there are a lot of similarities between the two. Last week, I don't think we ever saw Xavier show any type of distrust toward Alyssa and Kylan, and I don't even think that Kylan and Alyssa, I don't think we ever saw them say that the reason they were doing that move was because they didn't trust Xavier, right? Mm -hmm. The reason we saw Tyson make this move was because he didn't think he could trust Ben and Sarah. And I don't think I went back and tried to watch the conversations that Ben and Sarah had. I don't think at any point in time, to be fair to them, they ever said that they were going to try and go after Tyson. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, and it may have been there and I missed it, but they never said that. And so were they saying that and the editor just didn't just didn't show it to us mm-hmm. and they just used the conversation with Kayla as a way to communicate that because we didn't hear Kayla say, oh, this is something that I'm going to lie about to throw misdirection. Mm-hmm. She stated, stated it as a matter of fact that this is something that Ben has communicated. Yeah. Sorry. Give me two seconds. So, okay. The other interesting aspect of... What happened in this episode was the conversation with who was I? Who am I thinking about here? Well, Kayla, to me, like to to piggyback off your point, I don't necessarily know that they caught it on camera. It was, and, and to me, I am calling this right now. Kayla is making the final, and I think that she's got a legit shot to win because they are including her in a lot of stuff they don't necessarily need to so they are giving her at least a final making edit right now i am calling it that she is one of the three or four women or however many it's going to be in the final for her to approach tyson and show that conversation and basically the way the show portrayed it 
is that she started the domino effect that led to Sarah getting thrown in. Like, it seemed as if Ben and Sarah and Dom or whoever else, they're talking about maybe not throwing Tyson in. Maybe that's a strong way to put it. The way that I would characterize it is they were somewhat resentful that Tyson has been controlling the game. And based on Survivor history... When people in Survivor get resentful of people doing too much to control the game, they get rid of those people because they see them as winning threats. And so Tyson would take that information and go, okay, I've got to do something about this. So, like, she kind of started the domino effect that was going, and they were also doing some other expositionary stuff with her. I'm calling it, man. She's in the final. Like, no question. I would put 200 bucks on it right now. Uh, I, I definitely think that's possible. Her chances to win... It's going to be hard. We've talked about this before. Any, anyone could win. I wouldn't put them at, at great chances. I think it's definitely a lower probability, but she definitely has a chance. We do... I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. I brought up how many missions throughout the course of the rest of the season. Well, let let me finish with this first. So I, I applauded editing a minute ago for the show about how they let up to Tyson's decision to, or or how they showed the background in the background relationship yes. over the course of this season between Ben, Sarah, and Tyson. I thought they need to cut out the crap of hiding the most important information and conversations that go into who's being voted into elimination and giving that as a flashback when we're at elimination. Yeah. There needs to be more anticipation to the decision. Because from the viewer's perspective, there isn't a clear decision that's being made by the people in power, right? Mm-hmm. There isn't a clear, oh, is Tyson act? Because it's way more exciting. It's like, it, w- it would be way more interesting from a viewer's perspective if you know that Tyson's deciding deciding between throwing in Sarah and Leo versus some other burn vote. Because you know there was a- another option that Tyson you know was thinking about. Was, it. They yeah. didn't show it to us. He was definitely thinking about someone else because he knew that he couldn't throw in Justine and Ben. That was completely off the table. So it's, do I throw in Sarah and Leo or some other option? Mm -hmm. That's way more entertaining if you go into elimination being like, man, is he actually going to do this? And then he pulls the trigger. Whereas we don't know what the fuck he's going to do. He says that he's going to vote in Sarah and Leo. And then they give us all the reasons why. It's like, come on. That doesn't... Well, and and they... Normally, I'd agree with you 100% on this. I will disagree with you for this episode. And the reason why is, is I was in the live Discord chat with people. And so there was about a dozen of us that were kind of live discussing it as it aired since I could watch it live. And when when he pulled that trigger, it was like a bomb went off. It was like, holy shit fuck wow like everybody was just shocked that he pulled that trigger and if hardcore fans had that reaction imagine if you're someone new to watching the challenge and you get to that moment and that bomb goes off that is a big tv moment and then now that the decision's been made let's show you what led up to it like i can see both sides of the equation i think the (sighs) bomb going off that he actually pulled that trigger was more impactful. Now on a week to week basis, I agree with you. I would rather hear the exposition leading up to the decision 
in this specific instance, I think the big bang was more effective. No, so I don't think you, I don't, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is like, yeah, it was impactful. I think it could have been more impactful if they did it this way, because like, you know, like, you know, more of the back. I'm not saying that they like tell you, they tell you what he's going to do. No, no, I'm no. just saying they, they give you the thought process of why he's going to do this. Or is he going to vote in, uh, Derek and Kayla, mm-hmm. right? Because think about it, you know, Derek, or that you could feed into Kayla. That's why Kayla went to Tyson and gave him this reason. So is Tyson actually going to believe Kayla, mm-hmm. someone that he w- was potentially thinking about voting in? Mm-hmm. Or is he going to make a huge move and vote in Sarah and Leo? No. Right? Whereas like for this, right? Like we have no fucking clue. Like we really had no clue he was going to vote in. And it's like, boom, he votes in Sarah and Leo, right? That's definitely a big TV moment. I don't agree with you. I just think that they could have built it up more because like, it's, I think, back to Total Madness, right? With D and... Uh, the D, D throw right? in it where was, Bananas asked for Rogan's permission and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, because it was going to... Uh, I don't know if that's a good example because we knew that Johnny was going to... There there was no other option. Like, that entire episode, that that's who they were going to vote in. Mm-hmm. There's probably... Maybe a better option is in... Vendettas, when Tony threw in... Uh, bananas Johnny to go in against Devin mm-hmm. right that that's probably a better example because I don't remember off the top of my head who specifically Tony was who else Tony was considering voting in but I feel like I do remember that there was another option yeah on I feel table. like Zach kind of steered him towards bananas if I I have not watched Vendetta since it aired for obvious reasons but I vaguely remember Zach kind of edging him that direction and it was more of like hey tony do you trust me more do you trust bananas more you know like he kind of like there was breadcrumbs all the way up to him actually pulling the trigger and then it was like holy shit tony actually pulled that trigger i brought this up a couple weeks ago i said how many missions throughout the rest of the season were going to be won by a pair that did not include tyson or angela to this point, there has been one mission, won by a pair that did not include Tyson or Angela. And Tyson just had arguably one of the most impressive challenge wins in the history of the show. I, I am still blown away because like in the live chat we were having, we were all like, fuck, he's going to come in last. Tyson's going into elimination. This is so bad for the show. This is terrible. I thought so too. And when he literally just basically grabbed Cachet by her life jacket and told her to kick her feet, he drug her to that win. Like, the fact that he did that is easily the most impressive thing that they I've ever seen in a daily in the history of the show. No one has even come close to what he pulled off this week. I think the only... The only other... I, I think we've seen some instances like this like w- one that comes to top of top of mind is landon and carly in the mm-hmm. final of fresh meat too that's fair where landon was or even the blackout one where they hill. did the elimination where he literally put his hand on her butt and pushed her up the hill <laughs> but i agree with you i thought he was going to come in last i was cackling laughing when he came back and won and just started to scream motherfucker. <laughs> I thought uh, it was great when they showed them when they came back to the house and 
Cache herself thought it was comical that she won a swimming mission and she admittedly <laughs> said she can't swim. Admittedly said that she can't swim. <laughs> you know, that, that that just shows you how how dominant of a of a player Tyson is at this point in time. And it shows you Does how this... dumb production is for never thinking about reaching out to Tyson before now because he'd even said in an interview like I would have done the challenge sooner if they'd just called me. <laughs> I said this years ago that he would be great and that he would be one of the most dominant people on the show. And like I I don't know. I I still think we we brought this up I think when we did the first part of our email episode that I think he would be one of the four or five best people on the main show for men. Mm-hmm. Would you put him in that group at this point? Yes. He'd be at the top of the freaking pyramid at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think the only other people, I think the top at this point is Wes, CT, Johnny, Tyson. Is there anyone else? If Jordan's political game was a hair better, yes. You'd have to throw him in there. He just has a lot of holes. A lot right? of holes like, in he's, he's definitely, he's very good at some aspects of it. I mean, I guess you can you can put in Turbo. He's I mean, in that group. I, I think about, that's a top okay, five. If you're talking about all-around players, start to finish, got the politics, they've got the puzzle, they've got the running and the endurance, you've got those four, and number five might be... You could probably... I think it's Turbo. I, I don't think it's... There's not enough sample there, I don't think. I, I just We didn't see him. They, I mean, supposedly he was doing stuff behind the scenes. We just haven't seen it. I would yeah. say you could put um, yes potentially in that pyramid because yes on All Stars three it didn't play out in his favor but he went one on one with Wes it's not like he lost to Nehemiah he lost to Wes in elimination he also I don't know it was interesting the dynamic that Wes and Yes had coming into All Stars three mm-hmm. right that. I think before the season, we thought that those were two people that were going to work together. That they would be yeah, we did. We thought they would of, be the odd people out, <laughs> and they immediately butted heads. And I think we've gotten reasons why. And we'd I only think read so the, if we'd only known about the DMs prior to the season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what was the issue? I don't even remember at this point. Basically, yes, reached out to Wes and introduced himself, and you know, was looking forward to working with him and all this stuff. And then Yes apparently talked to a bunch of other cast members that are like, no, Wes is a scumbag and Wes is a dirty player. And then so Yes went on like nuclear on social media calling Wes a, you know, dirty player, all these things. And Wes, <laughs> to quote the meme, I, and I took that personally. And Wes went full Michael Jordan on him when he got on the house. Okay, we have five episodes left. What are what are your big predictions? Or well, we have we got more to talk about me, here. Five, we we got more to talk we have, about. We have we have five episodes before the final. Mm-hmm. What what do you think the the big things that you anticipate happening in those five episodes? Like what, what like what is, what is your prediction for the outcome of the rest of the season? Like how how do you see the things shaping up to to this point? Even with the Survivor people now all at odds, like it's basically Tyson versus the rest of Survivor and the Survivor cast at this point, right? Like, I don't know. He doesn't really have, I mean, maybe Desi is still his ally. Dom's definitely not. But like, 
I think we're heading towards a mostly survivor final at this point. I think you're going to maybe have, I don't know that Desi's making the final. I think we're in a position where it could be an all male survivor final because you still got Danny in this game. We haven't even broached that really. You've still got Ben in the game. You still got Tyson in the game. Like, I'm looking at the male cast that's not Survivor. It is hard for me to imagine any of them beating any of those Survivor men. I mean, anybody could beat anybody on any given night, I know. But, like, on paper, it just feels like this Survivor male cast is, despite their butting heads, they're all going to be in the final. So if you're of the belief that they're not going to work with each other moving forward, which I don't, I think that Tyson is still probably aligned with them to a larger degree. How, why would you think that all of them are going to make the final then? Because I just don't foresee a scenario where we're going to see survivor male versus survivor male in an elimination because it would require one of those good survivor men to come in last. And I just don't see that happening right now until you get to maybe the final elimination. So maybe one of them goes home. But realistically, I think we're heading for a male final that potentially includes Tyson, Ben, and Danny. And Dom's going to be the odd person out, obviously. And then on the big brother male side, it just like I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing these people beat them right now. I don't know. I think Kylan's very good. I I think it's based off of his position in the house. I think it's unlikely that he goes into an elimination. It, de- it could definitely happen. I mean, if he but gets like, paired with Cachet about... on the wrong week, he's going in. Because <laughs> I don't know that Kylan could have pulled uh... out what Tyson did this past week. Yeah, I mean, essentially what would need to happen for Kylan to go in is someone... If we assume that Kylan, Tyson, Angela, they have some some type, and Alyssa have some type of thing going together. It would take someone like, like Sarah, right? Let's say Sarah wins next week Mm -hmm. and Kylan finishes last, Mm -hmm. right? Which we've seen before. Sarah could easily throw Tyson in versus Kylan. That's something that could definitely happen. Well, Um, we'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) It's going to be interesting. It's, I think what's going to be really interesting is, so I don't know. I, I think... I think Tyson, if we look at the remaining Survivor people left, I don't know. And I think there are some, just to change gears slightly for a moment, I think there are some big brother people that are competitive from the male perspective. Like, I think Derek is competitive. Mm-hmm. I think Highland is perspective or competitive. Mm-hmm. And then after that... you still got Leo really hanging aren't... around. <laughs> He's, He's not non-existent. making the final. <laughs> and then David Alexander... He's been invisible this whole Again, season. Uh, didn't have a confessional this episode. Did he get canceled and we're just not aware of it? And Or maybe CBS is and they're waiting for the news to be leaked? I mean, he either like, has been, What's going on? Either he has something that he's done that would be a huge major backlash for him being cast. Or he's giving them the tie on Rivals 2 edit where they bring him into confessionals and he says nothing. You know, like, Ty is invisible on Rivals 2 because he slept through everything. Like, if you hear the cast talk, like, he just stayed in the room and slept. And then when it got to confessional time, 
he would just give one and two word answers. Like, I mean, that's the, it's one of the two. He's either giving them the tie on rivals two treatment or he has done something that they want to even remove any evidence that he was a part of the show. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people that are no longer in the game that have more confessionals mm-hmm. than Enzo and David. Yep. On the season, Devin, or David has six confessionals and Enzo has eight confessionals. Yeah. And I think Enzo, based on what we've seen on USA, granted, I don't know what he did prior to this, but like he comes across as a guy who's not good at this game and he doesn't have much of a personality that we've seen. But it could also just be a victim of... These stories are more important. We've only got 43 minutes each episode, so we're going to focus on this. But, I mean, it just seems like either he's... David Alexander's either been canceled, and we don't know about it yet, or he just had nothing to contribute to the show. Like, just nothing. And he obviously ain't winning or making the final either, because they would at least give him some visibility if he's making this final. To put this into perspective, Seeley was went home the first episode of the season, and she had as many confessionals as David Alexander has through five episodes. Just crazy. Like, I don't know... I can't I know, explain someone that. Might know, <laughs> so, someone might know if we've ever seen a precedent for this, but this is... Uh, this is D like on Total Madness type of treatment when she got canceled. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know anything about David Alexander. Like, I mean, it could just be that, like what you said, he hasn't been involved in any storylines. He hasn't given them any dynamic confessionals that they could use. But He might have gotten curious. a $50,000 appearance check, and he's cool to just sleep his way to the end. We talked about the mission briefly with Tyson's performance. We didn't really go much deeper beyond that. What did you think of the mission in it, in and of itself, the format of the mission, the competition? How did, how much did you enjoy it? I liked it a lot. I mean, I know some people felt like it went on too long and it violated the half as long principle. I don't think this one did because the way they edited it is there was a lot of misdirection. The whole cast was going at one time. And we were able to follow where everybody was in the in this form of the mission. So for those of you that didn't watch it, and if you didn't, go watch it. Seriously, go watch this episode. You need to stop this right now and go watch it. Um, they basically started on a barge. They had to swim out and memorize the code for their team and then swim up to the barge and look for a marked oil drum with their code on it. There were two drums for each team. And if you opened the wrong one, you had to swim back to your buoy, to your code, and then back again. So it was a good physical test. It was a good mental test. And then at the end, the puzzle pieces that came from the oil drum, you basically were doing a tangram puzzle. Which again, if anyone listening to this is ever cast on the challenge, the two things you must do before you go is make sure you are at least a competent swimmer and you know how to do tangrams because it's on every season, every season. Now. I don't, I don't know if that was a tangram. Was it? I think that looked a little bit more complex than it that. was. It was a big tangram. It was a big tangram. All the puzzle pieces were either in triangles or squares, and you had to fit them correctly. There were multiple solutions to the puzzle. 
but you had to fit it within the big puzzle wall. Usually they do the tangrams flat. This time they did it vertical. That's the difference. We've not seen vertical tangrams much on the regular show. Okay. I don't know. I'm not a, a puzzle expert. I would guess that it wasn't. But I think what was interesting that we heard from Derek and Kayla, and I don't remember which, I think it was Kayla that said it, that you would think that they would have been great at this because both Derek and Kayla are good at puzzles, but they just had two different ways of going about solving the mm-hmm. puzzle. And it's almost better if you just have one person that goes about at it and thinks through the ish- issue. Mm-hmm. And we saw that, we've seen that before. We saw that in Spies, Lies, and Allies. When, or was it Spies, Lies, and Allies or Double Agents? I don't recall. It may have been Double Agents when uh, CT and Cam, I, I think it was Double Agents, double agents when ct and cam were partnered briefly and you would think that that would be yeah that was because remember ct made the big ordeal about picking cam and moving away from big t and it really Mm -hmm. affected fucking big t dude dude i if she's never on the show again she won't be i don't think that's happening but that was a pair that you would think would be extremely dominant because they're both good at puzzles they're both good at, at a lot of aspects of the game and we heard from them that they both wanted to be in control and that mm-hmm. was difficult for them to do when they were paired with each other because they mm-hmm. both had that same personality. Yep. Um, I thought this mission was great. Uh, I didn't think it was too long. I, I was not of the belief that Tyson was going to win with how far behind listen. he was. I, I think they did a great job of editing that together and kind of showing his comeback story. That was interesting to see. I thought the narrative that they formed around Leo and his poor performance definitely fell into the rest of the episode and the decisions that were made by Cash. Mm -hmm. And we also saw them plant seeds of this. It, definitely in the last episode, maybe even further beyond that about his performance. Mm-hmm. So we definitely saw a longer story story being told mm-hmm. to bring together what what we saw with elimination. Mm-hmm. The mission format, I I, I definitely it, it it tested a bunch of different skills, right, or multiple skills that I think should be valued: swimming and puzzle making. I think that mm-hmm. those are definitely two things that you want to reward. And we saw everyone go at once. That's the mm-hmm. biggest thing, right? Everyone just went one at once. We get an idea how how other people performing. We, I think, for the most part, saw how everyone finished. Mm-hmm. And so we did get some ironclad clad evidence on the performance of the pairs. And we did learn that Dom, uh, it seemed like he was a decent swimmer. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't necess- that was something that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. And I thought he might be okay. I was definitely surprised by how poor of a swimmer some of these people were. Ibiza, right? Like, she was just non-existent. So. It was awful. But yeah, overall, I like, like I said, there was nothing in this episode I disliked. Like, it, it, it is astounding to me that the company that gave us, you know, shit spies and allies, um, gives us this like it just goes to show you that if you will just spend the money on a good cast you will get good results regardless of what you format you throw them in 
And it shows to me that for the flagship show, I mean, shoot, Challenge USA might become the flagship show at this point if it's still successful. I mean, when you look at the ratings, they've held pretty steady and they're still outperforming Love Island, which is considered a flagship style reality show. Challenge USA might become the flagship over time at this point. What they should, what they need, I don't know. Like, pretty much what would solve a lot of their problems is if they just, what they should do is, they wouldn't do this because they would lose money, but essentially what they need to do is they need to move All-Stars to MTV, trim all the fat from the main show, all the all the people that would be desirable from the main show to keep around, move those people to All-Stars on, on, the, main, on the main channel, and then start bringing people from Challenge USA to that show as well, right? I, I think that's what you need to do. Or, what, I mean, realistically, what they could do is just keep the main show, cut all the dead weight on the main show, move people over from All-Stars, move people over from USA, and go from there. There's still other issues with the formatting that we've talked about beyond that that we have with the main show, mm-hmm. and those would need to be resolved as well. I don't know. Like, I think what this shows me is that there's enough talent out there who are interested in doing the show that you can make this work, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that there are opportunities for success. Mm-hmm. They just need to be able to fit the pieces together. That's what yeah. it is. And and the other piece of it too is, is like, I mean, it's kind of like the elephant in the room, but Jonathan from the last season of Survivor is tailor-made for this show. Like, he would thrive in this environment and he would be a good cast member. He's a little messy in his politics He's a great physical competitor, and it would create instant drama from that perspective on the show. Like, there's just so many, to me, no-brainer things happening right now, and I often feel like, I often feel like for the flagship show, they just big-brain it too much to where it's just too, it's just too much. Like, you've made this too complicated. Make this simpler. Instead of trying to pull... X number of people from this many foreign properties instead of trying to pull X number of people here. Oh, we, you know, we don't need as many vets. We need to pull in to make the show more global. It's like you can do all of those things and provide good cast members. Like it doesn't have to be either or it can be both, but whatever you do, you can't just pull in scrubs, man. Like, I'm sorry, but when you go back and look at that cast of spies, lies and allies, there was maybe three to four people that really should have been on that cast from a new rookie perspective. The guy that just was happy to be there because he liked Jersey Shore, he was funny, but what the fuck was he doing on there? You know, like that, those are the kinds of things that just make me want to heave my brick through the TV is when that kind of stuff happens. And then you've got a great cast member, potentially like Kells, who had a good personality, was hooking up with somebody in the house, was performing well, you just stick them in that awful format where he was just doomed from the beginning. Like there's just so many simple things they could just do if they just cast it better and just kept it more simple. When the challenge is simple, it works. You can still have unique formats. You can still do unique things, but big brain in it just screws it up. Like this whole like partner switching every week and, Oh, now we're going to be cells, but now we're going to run it back in part. Like, it's just too much. Just stop making this so complicated. Sorry. Rant over. All right. Anything else that we want to touch on before we leave? Okay. In the pantheon of elimination celebrations, where do you rank Sarah's? Because 
for those of you that didn't see it, she literally looked at Tyson with psycho eyes, started chewing like a turkey leg, eating the bone and spitting it back out. Like it was epic. Like I, I go back and forth whether it was better than Laurel's. I still think Laurel's was better. No, there's just no because way, of dude. the absurdity of her doing the suck it and the way down, and then still losing the elimination. No. She did going down. She get, was get, doing the, like the, the, the double, double bird. bird. That's she right. was doing the double bird, like just floating down. And then once she got down, she started doing the suck it. Like I don't think anything like. I don't know if we'll ever see anything close to that. No. So is Sarah, like, is, does Sarah easily slot into number two there? I don't know. I, I can't Or do you put Dario and Raffi stupidity where they started celebrating before they won and then lost? Does that trump that? Yeah, I think that definitely does, too. Okay. I think I think I rank that as one of the best eliminations of all time when we did that. It is. Episode. It's a great one. Like, when he chest bumped his brother... And the game wasn't over, and that literally led directly to them losing. Epic. Just, God, that was great. We should, um, for the patron episode this week, I was going to say we could do a vote on what we should do. We have some good things in the hopper that would kind of be up for grabs on what we could talk about so we may do that mm-hmm. we've been doing the patron episode a little bit later than we normally do we we need to catch up our schedules are just so wonky point. we've just got to get back to consistency again which will be fine we, we always get our shows done so yeah we'll make it up at some point um if you do want to become a patron you can go to patreon.com slash the challenge chronicles sign up for four dollars a month get an extra bonus episode per week and what else do I want to say about that? You get access to Discord. Um, Which some weeks, I mean, everybody on the Discord server is great to interact with. It's hardcore challenge fans. Um, I was at Challenge Mania Nashville last week, and one of the people, I think it was Nick, he said, um, the reason I got into you, no, it, was, it wasn't him, sorry. It was the guy who designed the new t-shirts, which we'll talk about in just a second. Um, he said that he was getting really frustrated with some other podcasts and things like that. And somebody on another board said, you need to go check these guys out. Like, that's what you're looking for. And that really hit home for me and made me feel awesome about what we do, because it's not that we hate on other podcasts. It's not that we, you know, have a competition with them because that's not it at all. We're just different. And I like the fact that there are a group of fans that like what we do and we are, we are different. And when you go on the discord server, the people that are on there are the hardcore people that aren't going to do the low effort, you know, Reddit type posts. Like it's going to be real conversation. And then sometimes when the show is airing live, I jump into the live chat. And before I know it, there's, you know, 20 people interacting on what's going on with the episode. And it's like good analysis and it's good reactions and good predictions and really interesting conversation. So like for four bucks a month, man, that's worth it alone between the bonus shows and the Discord and just the level of interaction you get. So jump on board. It's a lot of fun. We have fun with all this. Okay. So patron episode coming later this week, hopefully. Uh, maybe early next week. We'll definitely do a week where we have two patron episodes to make it up just for being late lately. Rob sends his regards. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Oh, before we go.